All right. Hey, welcome, everybody. Welcome to those of you who are joining us at home or on the road. Welcome to a guest with us. It's your first time. Really glad that you're here. Uh, I want to give a thank you to everybody who's been contributing to our food pantry drive, helping a lot of people downriver. And I want to give a shout out, a, a thanks to all those who are veterans. We celebrate that this week as well. So if you are someone who has kept us safe, protected our freedom and rights, raise your hand or stand up. We just want to recognize and thank you for doing that for us. We appreciate your sacrifice. Also, I want to celebrate today as someone who has been on our staff for 15 years as of yesterday, uh, Cindy Boberick. I, I think we hired her when she was 16 or 17, something like that. Uh, but she, she has been here 15 years and is now starting her sixth different role in the church. She is now our new associate minister because we realize she's been doing a lot more than what her job description said as guest experiences minister. She's been overseeing a lot of, you know, uh, of our online stuff and outreach and other things. So really happy about uh, that transition, as well as my uh, administrative assistant, Jen Burns, is transitioning to a new role as well. She is now our groups director here at Trenton because we need to focus more on being a church of groups, of developing our groups and our group leaders. So these are a couple of very positive changes in our church that are going to make our ministry and our mission more effective. So we're grateful for them. All right, so we're starting into our second week on Family 30, 30 Days to a Better Family. That's not saying that everything gets wrong in your way in 30 days. It's not saying that every relationship is going to be restored in 30 days. What we're saying is that it can begin to change the direction, uh, the, the whole atmosphere, the overall mood of your family. Give your family hope in 30 days. And yes, this is for families, but it can be applied to all kinds of different relationships, what we're talking about today. So this is really for everyone. And it's not easy. What we're talking about is certainly not easy, but it begins with consulting the, the user manual, the Bible. We started that last week, talking about how God's the one who created the family. He loves the family. He's the one that gave it a mission to multiply, subdue the earth, Gave it a healthy structure, uh, created sex to be a, a, a bond between a husband and wife for, for their whole lives. So if you want to have your best family, you've got to start there. Go back, listen to that message online, download the podcast, whatever you got to do. But also make sure you visit our website, southpointccc.com slash fam30, because on there you're going to find all kinds of different helps for your family, resources. We've got online content there for kids, for teens. Uh, we also put on there uh, some, some ways to help you as a family pray together, play together, serve together, and learn together, including some online seminars every Wednesday this month to help you deal with some specific struggles. So every Wednesday, 6.30, you want to tune in this Wednesday, it's on technology, on a lot of the positives, but also a lot of the dangers, how to have conversations about all that and help each other in your family. So it's all free to you. You just got to go sign up on that website. Now, next week, we're going to be talking about things to add to your family. But today we're going to talk about subtracting some things from your family to get rid of some stuff. Like if you've got a family junk drawer, sometimes you need to go through it and throw out the junk that's been accumulating there, okay? So you got any junk in your family? How are you treating one another? How are you really speaking to one another? 
Do you underestimate the damage and hurt that your words can cause? Or have you just fallen into that kind of routine where, hey, that's just the way we talk to each other. We all get it. I mean, it's no big deal. Nobody's really hurt by that. Well, are you, are you really sure about that? Maybe there's more damage being done by that than you know. And if that's the way it's been, maybe it's time for a change to clean that out. If you're willing to get rid of that, we're going to help you with that. Jesus grew up in a family too, you know. And even though his father was not his biological father, his parents uh, raised a family. They had other children. And one of his half-brothers was James, who became a believer and wrote that book you have in your New Testament. And there you're going to find some practical advice for our families, but really for all relationships. He says in James 1, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but doesn't do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into that perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard but doing it, they'll be blessed in what they do. So God's user manual for us, for our families, is the Bible and it is full of stuff that's going to help us. But he says it's like a mirror. And so as you look into it, you see, you know, your reflection of what's really going on in your life and in your home. If you just walk out of here today and forget everything you've heard, pretend like this didn't happen, then, you know, it was all worthless. How are you going to walk away from here today? I mean, you've, step one, you're here, you're listening, so you get, a, you get a look into the mirror right now as we open God's word. But will you put it into practice? Because James says if you do, you're going to be blessed. That's a promise. So what do we do? How, how do we start? Well, let's first talk about Jesus. It begins with becoming more like Jesus. Paul says this in Philippians 2. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of the others. That works in the, in the home best of all, right? In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Now, guys, you know that's a countercultural kind of thing because the culture reinforces the idea of focusing on yourself, getting your needs met, you know, putting your interests above the other. Even love can become a selfish kind of thing if you say, I love you because, because of what you do for me, because of the way you make me feel. But if you ever stop making me feel that way or doing stuff for me, if you're not no longer advancing my agenda, then I'm out. And that's not really love, is it? You know, there, there are always givers and takers. And in a home, in a family, if you've got two or more givers, it's a wonderful thing. But if you've got one who's a giver and one who's a taker, then there's going to be friction and resentment. And if you're both takers or everybody in the family is a taker, well, it's just a matter of time until it self-destructs. It's a, it's a damaging thing. So the overarching rule for all this is to treat each other like Jesus. Be more like him. And that means getting rid of that selfishness and vain conceit. How do you do that? By valuing others above yourself. Right? And, and where should that begin? In the home. So let's talk about four things we need to get rid of, clear out of our families right now. And they're all under the umbrella of this big idea to get rid of selfishness. Selfishness is a huge marriage killer and it is a destroyer of families. I mean, think about it. Even having children can be part of selfish ambition. 
How? Because we think having children, having a family is going to do something for me. It's going to make me so happy to have kids. You sucker. You, you have no idea. Yeah, there, are, there are moments. There are moments. I'll give you that. But if you think having children is going to make you fulfilled and content and do something, it makes you feel loved, you've got your focus all in the wrong place because it's in marriage, it's in family that you learn to love selflessly, to not focus on yourself, but to become sacrificial, submissive, surrender yourself for the sake of others. In fact, here's what Paul says in Romans 12, 10. Everybody, let's say this out loud together. Here we go. Be devoted to one another. Honor one another above yourself. That ain't easy. But that's what marriage and family is supposed to be. Not what can you do for me, but what can I do for you? How much honor is going on in your home? James goes on to tell us why it often doesn't look like that in our homes. Chapter 4, he says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Got any of that going on in your family? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you don't have, and so you kill. You covet, but you can't get what you want. So you quarrel and you fight. You don't have because you don't ask God. When you ask, you don't receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Selfishness. You want something, but you can't get it. So, you know, you, 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 you're always trying to get your spouse to give you what you want. Like he wants a car, she wants a, 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 a boat, whatever. Kids want something. Parents say no. So they'll figure out ways to manipulate and lie and, and deceive and even steal to get what they want. That's human nature. That's how we start out in the crib, right? Babies are completely self-focused. <laughs> they don't give a thought to anybody but feed me, change me, burp me, cuddle me, 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 me. And that's fine. That's what babies are supposed to do. But they need to grow up at some point and be trained to be a little bit more selfless, right? That's what maturity is. Not to think about my needs all the time, and yet so, so many of us never really learn that lesson. And so it may be that our kids end up learning from our example more than our teaching because we're not practicing it ourselves. We're being selfish. So let me give you four ways that selfishness shows itself in our families and ways to get rid of it. Give you a couple right now. First, get rid of profanity and dishonesty in your home. See, to profane something or someone is to disrespect to uh, treat it with irreverence and of course we do that most with God when we don't treat him with respect we misuse his name and we start to use those curse words those foul vulgar uh, kinds of ungodly words and guys I got to tell you I'm troubled by this today I'm seeing more and more Christians just using profanity and it's something you didn't used to hear but in a lot of Christian homes are filled with a lot of that kind of awful language and that should not be that should not come out of a Christian's mouth it shouldn't be home in a heard in a Christian home but we are and and we lash out and that's where it often comes out it just it, that's what we filled our hearts and minds with and then it just comes out and we say stuff like well I'm only doing it because you make me so mad you make me say those words no they don't nobody can make you do anything like it nobody can make you mad somebody can make you feel mad but it's completely up to you how you respond to that you can't blame anybody else for the way you react in fact 
When you start to use those nasty words, those ugly comments, the, those uh, awful, you know, the screaming and calling names and stuff, you've lost control. And really, not only should you be in control, but as a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit within you who wants to have control. But he doesn't have that control. And so we, it's because we're doing what James says. It, it says we're, we're being selfish to the point where we want to destroy the other person. Right? I mean, it says we don't get what we want, so we kill. Well, you're probably not going to kill your spouse, but you're willing to kill the relationship for it. To get what you want. Scripture says, children, you're to honor your parents. Wives, respect your husbands. Husbands, cherish your wives and don't exasperate your kids. How in the world can we do those things if our homes are full of name calling and, and terrible language, cursing each other out? Here's what Paul says in Ephesians. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only, only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Guys, if we just followed that one piece of advice, don't you think that would transform our homes? Really, look at that. To only speak words that build others up and not tear them down. No snapping, no griping, no nagging, no belittling, no demeaning. Just clear them out and it would make such a huge difference. Even we got to watch the, those cutting words in our sarcasm that we think are no big deal. And we laugh and laugh when we see that kind of sarcasm in, in TV comedies. But you know what? Those actors don't have to go home and live with those people after the cameras go off. You're, you're living with people where those words may be cutting deeper then you realize. So look, the, the way we, not only the words we speak, but the way we're using them, the volume, the tone of our words, we can be very tone deaf, not hearing the way we're really speaking to one another. And I know this because you, you find yourself speaking to strangers better than you do your own family. Isn't that true? I mean, at home, you can be in this nasty, terrible argument, uh, calling each other terrible stuff, and then the phone rings and you pick it up and you're just sweet as pie. You're just very warm to that stranger on the phone. You can turn it on and off just like that. Why is that? Why don't we speak to our families better? You know, how awesome would it be if we started to speak only loving words, kind words, encouraging words. But even apart from that, don't even think about speaking the good stuff. Just clear out the bad stuff. If you got rid of the, the nasty words, the junk words out of your home, it would be a game changer, wouldn't it? And what about the dishonesty? It says get rid of profanity and dishonesty. Well, first of all, I got to say, we can be a little too honest sometimes, right? There can be a fine line between being honest and being critical. There's a fine line between speaking the truth and um, being rude and insensitive, trying to spare, spare feelings. Like, honey, how do I look in this? What are you going to say? Well, in my home... The answer is always beautiful, no matter what, beautiful. And she knows that's what I'm going to answer, no matter what. It's just understood up front. She says, well, you have to say that because you're my husband. Yup, that's right. It's part of the deal. I'm always going to say it, no matter what. What about the meal I cooked for you? Do you like the meal? Caution. 
Now, I will tell you that I will tell my wife, I'll tell anybody, people here have brought me food, and I will tell you honestly whether I like it or not. Because you know, if I fudge the truth a little bit, if I say, oh, it was wonderful, they're going to make it again and again and again. Nobody wants that, right? And, and I don't want people doing that to me, so I'm going to tell them up front whether I like it or not, but I'm going to do it with diplomatically, right? Because too much honesty can be a little insensitive and even downright mean, which comes back to selfishness, where you're thinking about yourself instead of weighing how your words are going to affect other people. That little pebble of honesty you threw at your spouse, you know, hits them like a boulder. So you got to watch it. Now, we, we don't want to outright lie. We don't want to be deceptive. But on the other hand, we got to be careful about the more subtle manipulations we use to get what we want. Dishonesty is so damaging because it destroys trust. And a family has to be built on trust or it falls apart. There's a breakdown. Here's what Jesus says in Matthew 5. Let your yes be yes and your no, no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. So come on, are you playing those games in your house where your yes really means no and your no means yes? Got to get rid of those games using that emotional manipulation, being a little passive aggressive, using those guilt trips to get what you want. Husbands and wives, do you care more about honoring your spouse than you do about getting what you want? So set some ground rules for some conversations in your home from now on. And parents, it begins with you. All right, all right. In our family, from now on, there will be no more screaming in this home. There will be no more name calling. There will be no more profanity. There will be no more guilt tripping. There will be no more dishonesty. Instead, from now on, we will consider how can I honor you? We also need to get rid of exasperation and dishonor. There's a lot of that going on too. Paul wrote specifically to kids in Ephesians 6 to remind them of the Ten Commandments from long ago. He says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. And he turns to dads, fathers. Do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So that's what we're going to do in our family. We're going to do things differently. And, you know, that child you have may not have been wanted at first. You know what I'm saying? You, you know, you didn't purpose to have that child. But guess what? God entrusted you with that child in his image because you chose to do what it takes to bring that child into the world. And so whatever choice has already been forfeited, the choice was already made because you now have a child given to you by God. Now, the only choice you have from that point on is whether to keep the child or to give that child up for adoption, which is a loving option. But in any case, you honor that child from God. We can't look at our family as something that fulfills me. It's not about me. It's not like I can live my life through that child. It's not like I can fix my past, deal with my problems through that child. No, that's not the way it's going to work. And when I begin to see my child as there for my benefit, I begin to see them as, I begin to use them in a way. And when they start to mess up, I get very angry because they have inconvenienced me. 
I'm not thinking about them. I'm thinking about me and putting myself first. And so then we exasperate them by making promises that we don't make good on. When we make so many rules that they become a burden. When we are always saying no. When we're never trusting them. When we're never encouraging them. When we, when we never make them feel like we're proud of them. When they, they can never satisfy us. And we never really want to be around them unless it's convenient for us. That's exasperating. And so parents, it starts with you. If you begin to put others first, your kids are going to learn to honor you better. Because you know it's hard for kids to honor their parents. You've been there. You know how hard it was to always honor your parents. Think about the culture our kids are in today where it's even harder. Everything is against them. Everything is about making sure you dishonor your parents. The media, their friends, the whole culture is telling them don't honor your parents. Try to get away with as much as you can. Try to get all you can. Be rebellious. So you got to make it easier for your kids to honor you instead of making it harder, be an honorable person. So when you, when you got to discipline your kids, and sometimes you do, make sure they understand the consequences first before punishing them. If you do this, then that's going to happen. And if you make that threat, then follow through with it. No empty threats. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Be consistent and reliable. Don't be wishy-washy. They got to learn to count on your word and that you mean what you say. Right? Because that's the way God deals with us. God doesn't play that game of counting down. You better do what I say by the time I count to three. Okay. One, two, two and a half. No, God don't do that. And our kids need to learn that's not the way the world works. Your boss is not going to count to three. And, and your teachers and law enforcement are not going to count to three. You need to learn to, dis, to, to obey the first time. And so don't blame your parents for your disobedience or for being disciplined when you deserve it. Now I want to add into this situation. If you are a young person and you are constantly being exasperated by your parents. I mean it's a serious situation. I know that's, that's, that's tough to have to endure and your parents aren't perfect. But I have to say, you know what? Hold on. Childhood doesn't last forever. It doesn't. It seems like it. But do your best to honor them the best you can. And I would also add, if you are living in a situation where there is genuine abuse, you may need to let someone in authority know. Tell somebody, a teacher, Tell somebody here, a church leader, we're here to help you because there's no excuse for abuse. If they're telling you to do something that's illegal or to go against God in some way, you might need to let someone know. But understand, God's going to hold them accountable, not you for that. So most, most of you, I think, are not dealing with that. You have parents who care very deeply about you. You're just struggling with, with living underneath them right I was a kid too a long 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 time ago as a small child I was raised by my dad as an older child I was raised by my stepmom as a teenager I was raised by my grandmother and throughout that whole period of time there were there were times where I disobeyed them I disrespected them I felt like they were wrong they didn't understand and yet God tells me to obey them even when it's not easy. 
And I don't care how old you are, we're all naturally selfish. Kids, teens, young adults living at home, it's not all about you. God has a plan, a mission for your life, and it is somehow involved in the family you have. And when you disobey your parents, you are subverting the mission of your family. The world's going to tell you, be selfish. Again, TV, movies, songs, friends, do what you want to do, get what you can, get away with as much as you can. That's not what God says. He says, if you want to live a better life, you need to trust me on this. You need to obey your parents. And, And kids, if you want your parents to be better, make it easier for them, not harder. And the best thing of all is, for them to know Jesus. And maybe you're the one that's going to need to show them Jesus. Be more like Jesus. Get rid of all selfishness. So this week, would you be willing to sit down and honestly search your heart and look for those those times when you have been dishonest, you have been disrespectful, you have exasperated your children, dishonored your parents, you have been cursing, profanity, all that stuff. And when you find something like that, maybe you want to write it down even, but for sure ask God to forgive you for it and to give you the strength to remind you, convict you when you're feeling that way again, not to give in to that temptation to to curse, to to exasperate, to dishonor, to to be dishonest, ask him to give you the courage and humility you need to go and ask forgiveness from the people you've wronged. Now next, and this is so important, remember we talked about James says when you look into the word of God, you're looking into a mirror, all right? You've done that right now. You've looked into the mirror. You've seen God's word reflect back to you what's going on in your life and in your home. Now, what are you gonna do about it? How are you gonna walk out of here? Are you gonna pretend that none of this happened and you're just gonna fall right back into the same old bad habits at home, the same old routines and rut? Are you willing to make a change starting right now? It's about changing the direction, changing the atmosphere of your home. And it begins with trusting the creator and honoring his word, the user manual, the Bible. Now, go to those people you may need to confess to and apologize for what you've done. And I mean, do it unconditionally. Don't say, well, I'll apologize if they apologize. I'll say I'm sorry if you say you're sorry. Just no strings attached. Confess what you've done and be prepared for <laughs> some, <laughs> some less than positive reactions. You know, well, it's about time you did. Or what's the big deal? We don't need it. No, you say, look, I want to do this because I love Jesus and I love you and I wanna treat you more like Jesus. And it's, it's not about changing your family, it's really about changing yourself because that's where change begins. So let's deal with that in prayer right now. God, there's so many families who are struggling and uh, what we've just heard right now can be, uh, can be tough. It can be uh, very convicting and almost make us feel hopeless, God, but you are the God of hope and you are the God of help and you can intervene and make changes we can't even begin to understand. So we're asking for that, God. Strengthen families and marriages in this church. Protect them. Give them unity in their homes. May each member of the family treat one another like Jesus and value one another above themselves to look out for the interests of others in their home, God. 
Help us to really be devoted to one another in love, to honor one another. God, let our homes be full of honor. Help us to clean up our language and stop the quarreling and all the name calling. God, convict, convict us so that there'll be repentance and there'll be forgiveness. We're all still praying right now silently, but you go ahead and take care of business with God. Pray, pray about yourself and your family. And if you're someone who right now, we're still praying, you, you want to pray this with me. If you'd like to follow Christ, if you'd like to say yes to Jesus, you can just put it in your own words, but pray something like this with me. God, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son, that he came down to die on the cross to take away all my sins and really the sins of the whole world. I believe that he rose from the dead. And uh, on that third day, he, he, he gave us eternal life. So I want to follow him, and I, I want to receive your promises of forgiveness, of eternal life. I want to be filled with your spirit. So I'm sorry for my sins. I repent, and I receive you as my Savior and Lord Jesus. I'm ready to take my next steps. Thank you that you want me to be in your family. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. And if that's your decision, if that's your your um, your desire to begin following Jesus today, would you let us know? Text that number, 734-304-7248 or email next at southpointccc.com because as soon as you believe in Jesus and you've repented of your sins, you're ready to be baptized, like right here, right now, today. And we're ready for you. So go out into the lobby after the service to the point, which is out there by the main entrance, and there'll be somebody there that can help you take your next step or pray with you whatever your need is, okay? If you're watching online, contact us. We will set it up as soon as possible to get you in here, to get you baptized, or we can show you how to do it right there at home, okay? Not another delay, all right? So listen, as we get ready to leave once more, uh, hey, I remind you, no matter what happens with this election, we're part of an eternal kingdom. We have unity in our Lord and Savior. And no matter what's going on in the kingdoms of this world, kingdoms rise and fall, leaders come and go. Jesus is still Lord. And we will continue to follow him, to love one another, and keep the main thing, the main thing of making disciples, right? So stay connected to God. Social distance on your way out. Bless one another. Have a good week. Invite somebody next week. Family 30.